Hi, this is Paula. And I'm Joseph, and you're listening to Life Lived Better. Well, welcome back, everybody. How are you, Paula? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good weekend and went by too fast as usual. Boy, they do. I just like I woke up and it's Sunday. It was Sunday night. Mm -hmm. I know it's uh, in this year. I can't I just still can't get over. I'm sure I've said this 15 times, but I can't get over how fast it's going by. No kidding. I mean, we've already gone through tax time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. It's all done. It's all done. Well, um, this weekend we looked at wedding venues and we believe we found the one. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very exciting. They found it's a a restored firehouse, which just, just when I heard about it, just the idea picture of it in my mind, it was like, that just sounds so amazing. Sounds so unique. Yeah. That does sound neat. They're doing a lot of really unique things. I'm excited for them. Yeah, we've been to some pretty cool venues over the last couple of years. To other people's events. Uh-huh. Yeah, other other weddings. I love seeing people's creativity and like just what ideas they have. Maybe I need to sneak into a few weddings over the next couple of months to get ideas. Get on Pinterest. You can find tons of ideas there. Yeah, that's true. Didn't it sound much more exciting, though, to sneak into people's weddings? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just show up. I'm with the groom. Oh, I'm with the bride. It could be fun. Good. So I have a scenario for you. Okay. Here's the scenario. You and a friend want to go to the movies, but you both want to see a different movie. What do you do? I'd like to think I would compromise. Um, okay. I would probably end up giving in to whatever they wanted to do because I'm a people pleaser. Uh-huh. So <laughs> more than likely, we would end up seeing the movie that they want to see. Well, you're already a step ahead knowing that. Some some of the ways people react is like one is I'll go to the movies if you see what I want to see. That's one way. Another way is I'll go and I'll see the movie that you want to see. So that's what you said you would do. Another is, I'll go, we'll see the movie that you want to see, but I am going to make you pay because I'm going to sulk the whole time. And then, of course, the the way you suggested it first is talk about it, talk about the options, compromise. Maybe you go to the movie that they want this time and the one you want to next time. Yeah, that's kind of how Polo and I operate. He always wants to see very strange movies, so I always tell him, like, he owes me, <clears throat> he owes me a... <laughs> A, a, a sappy movie because I like the <laughs> the sappy ones. Yeah, I'm complicated where I don't have to think about it. That's my kind of movie. Oh, I know it's so hard to keep up in the complicated ones. Like, mm-hmm. who is that person? What? <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to a movie in so long that that uh, scenario. I don't even understand it anymore. <laughs> it's been hard to get back to the movies after it has everything. It has. But that those are all examples of communication styles. And hopefully after we go through this episode, everyone will better understand what their communication style is. Yeah. So the four styles that we're going to talk about or the four main communication styles would be passive, aggressive, passive aggressive, and assertive. Yes. So first one up is our passive communication. You want to talk about that one? Yeah. The people that are passive, they act indifferent. They 
don't express their feelings, their needs. They don't, they, they kind of ignore their own rights. They allow others to have their rights and so they defer to other people. So whatever decision they make, they'll just go along with because they want to avoid the conflict. They want to avoid any kind of tension. The problem is that often leads to misunderstanding, built up anger, lots of resentments, but it can be safer. It can be a kind of a safer option to keep things from escalating into arguments or even violence. So the passive communicators they kind of act in a way that says people never consider my feelings. They display kind of a lack of eye contact, poor body posture. They don't know how to say no. And unfortunately, lots of resentments are probably building and brewing in the background, mm -hmm. but they're really easy to get along with. You know, they're, they kind of yeah. give this go with the flow kind of attitude as you can imagine but um you might hear a passive person say things like i'm okay with whatever you want to do it doesn't really matter that much to me i just want to keep the peace those are all very yeah i would say very passive this is mm -hmm. as you're reading through this it's reminding me of polo oh yeah <laughs> yeah because he's a... very much like whatever you want to do very rarely has an opinion mm -hmm. when he does i listen but uh, it can be a little bit, um, what's the word, crazy making because yeah. I'm the one making all the decisions. <laughs> so I'm afraid I'm a little passive at times. Like when we're trying to decide where to eat, I really don't care. I'm always yeah. like, what, I can find something wherever if you've got something in mind, you know? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. My son's like, sometimes he's like, do not make me responsible for making all the decisions. I'm like, God, why do we make you so healthy? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I find myself saying that as well. <laughs> I, I, because there are some things that I really care about, but something like where we eat, it's just not that important to me. So it's not worth, but uh, I can see how being on the other side of that must be frustrating. Yeah, definitely can be. I can speak from personal experience. <laughs> I think I was passive uh, growing up. I was I was quite passive. Mm -hmm. But it have you ever been in a relationship where both individuals are passive? That sounds like a nightmare. Probably, we might. But we I might be in one right now. Me, me and my husband. I don't think either one of us care about like those <laughs> kind of things. You know, like yeah. the things that matter, we speak up on. But things like the day to day, man, who cares? Whatever, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's why we don't ever argue. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's one thing I can say too is that there's not a lot of not a lot of arguing or issues in our household. So well, how can I guess whatever we're doing cares. it works. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a good reason for HelloFresh. Exactly. <laughs> they tell us what it's to eat because we can't decide ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I still have to decide those too. Like pick those out weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes just hold the cards up and say, pick one, two, three, <laughs> pick, pick the number. <laughs> right. Um, so the next one on our list is aggressive communication. So aggressive communication um, oftentimes looks like, you know, really kind of expressing feelings and needs and ideas at the expense of others, um, ignoring others, defensive, hostile um, when they're confronted by others, like in a lot of times, I think um, that 
any kind of confrontation looks like aggression. And so the, the response is this aggressive communication or this aggressive response. It may get loud or demanding in their voice, oftentimes alienate and hurt people as a result of kind of their opinions or being so bold in what they have to say in their statements, controlling others through blame, intimidation, and criticizing. The body language includes a lot of things like maintaining intense eye contact, crossing your arms, eye rolling, finger pointing. I always think of like, you know, making fists when people are standing in front of you, like when you see those things or see somebody crossing their arms and it's a pretty good sign that they're kind of going into a, a guarded state mm -hmm. or getting ready to really let you have it. Yeah. Um, so it could go, could go either way. I am not comfortable around aggressive people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I've, I've definitely had people in my life that I don't, I don't know if I consider them aggressive, but kind of fall into some of this definition as far as like very opinionated mm -hmm. and very much like, you know, where you stand with them. And if they have a, you know, an opinion on something, they're going to let you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in some scenarios, it's been good um, because it is kind of good to know like where you stand with someone. Um, but also it can kind of come across hurtful sometimes when you have somebody that's so blunt and so direct mm -hmm. and it can definitely seem aggressive. Yeah. I think it's tiring to me too. Like sometimes I just want to not have a thing, you know, to debate mm -hmm. or to, to, you know, have to defend. Uh, and that's sometimes I, I, I tend to see aggressive people like, frequently aggressive like it's just mm -hmm. the energy about them is very there's just a lot of it and it's kind of escalated may yeah. not really be the case but it's my perception of them yeah some examples of some statements that you might hear from someone who practices aggressive communication would be that's what we're doing just very a matter of fact make the decision for you um, get over it definitely heard that one mm -hmm. i'm right and you're wrong I'll get my way no matter what, and it's all your fault. Uh, yeah. Gaslighting. Uh, yeah. I've known some of them. <laughs> <laughs> One or two. I've known a couple. Yep. How about you? I definitely, definitely have known one or two that would fall in. I've, I've heard these statements before, and I probably have said, get over it once or twice <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I used to be a big right fighter. I used to like, really, I'd like to engage with people whenever I had a different opinion. Mm -hmm. I wanted to prove my point. I don't do that anymore. It's just, it takes too much energy. I just. I think things have changed so much over the last few years too. Like people are so passionate about what they, what they believe you know, no matter where they stand on which side. But um, so to me, it's gotten to a point where I avoid all of that altogether just because it's it can get very aggressive and very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've never been so concerned about what I post like on social media. Mm -hmm. Like if I put this, is it going to send this message? Is it going to send that message? So some, So most of the time I just don't. Right. Like, uh, who's this going to make mad today? You know? Yeah. Uh, I see people post things that are like offensive to me and I, I find myself like hovering over or making a comment. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, I generally don't just because it's like, you know, they're, they're entitled to their opinion. And, you know, it's sad to me sometimes to see people that I care about post things that are like personally hurtful to mm -hmm. me. 
Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, get over it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, I'm a little familiar with the next communication style, passive aggressive. I have been that before. It took me some time and some awareness and some change to get over it. But the passive aggressive communicator, they seem passive on the surface, but subtly under underneath that, they're acting out with anger. So they're exerting control over people by using sarcasm, indirect communication, or just avoiding conversations. And they're limiting how uh, the, their consideration for other people's rights, their needs, their feelings by acting this way. So some of the examples might be like uh, silent treatment. That really is controlling. I'm not saying a word, but I'm ignoring you. And so mm. you're paying for it. You got to see the movie you wanted to, but the whole movie I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff. And every time something's funny, I won't laugh or I'll say, I bet the people in the theater next door are watching the movie that we're, we, I wanted to see. It sounds like they're having more fun <laughs> and say things Anger, like angrily oh, choose to your popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> no, you can't have any <laughs> and say that's fine with me, but don't be surprised if somebody else gets mad. Sure. Yeah. We can do that. <laughs> we can do things your way, but your way's stupid. <laughs> Maybe even spreading rumors about you and sabotaging the things that you do. Uh, not so good. I admit, I used to use sarcasm a lot. I used it a lot. And I just thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. I thought I could say anything I wanted to and say, oh, I was just joking. <laughs> right. But you can't really tell someone, you're so stupid. I can't stand being around you. Ha, ha, ha. JK. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just the passive yeah. aggressive person really, I mean, they that that has to be a pretty miserable way to exist. Cause on one hand, you're saying you feel a certain way, but then on the other hand, you're saying, nah, not really. It's really kind of giving giving into it angrily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are the people that will flatten your tires. <laughs> and you aren't <laughs> even car. sure why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I had a friend once that told me when she would break up, have bad breakups, she would like call and have their electricity turned off on a Friday. Oh, oh. Like, oh my Lord, that's awful. <laughs> that's horrible. I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> uh, awful. Oh, that's very good. So the next one, the fourth one on our list is assertive communication. And I think this kind of ties into what I was talking about a minute ago when we talked about um, the aggressive communication, because I, I think they're very similar, assertive, maybe less, less angry, less mm -hmm. emotion feelings, but basically just direct, really direct communication, um, very clear about their thoughts and their feelings, but they are willing to respect the feelings and ideas of others while also being sure to assert kind of what they feel and what they own. So, and it also is something that can be misinterpreted, I think, as aggressive sometimes when people are just very direct and very blunt, like that can come across as aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's that's one of the areas where body language plays into a lot of these types of communication as when, you know, when you can see someone like cross their arms or you know, kind of that intense eye contact we mentioned, like that's that's a sign that it's probably more aggressive than assertive. But it's something that's, you know, traditionally, traditionally seen as being less dominant. 
I think the person exactly. that's assertive, really, you kind of know where they stand, but mm-hmm. you aren't afraid of them. You know, it's like not in, not yeah, as that's, intimidating. That's a good way to describe it. Um, one of the major things uh, about being an assertive communicator is using I statements. Mm. So I feel this way. I think this. I see it this way. Those types of things. Some examples of, of a assertive communicator might be body language that includes, you know, just eye contact, normal kind of general eye contact, eye, eye contact, um, sitting up straight, you know, good posture, but relaxed gestures. You know, they're not pointing fingers or you know, getting aggressive with their, their body language. They feel equally entitled to express themselves respectfully and to let others respect express themselves. And they realize that there's choices in life and, and consider other options and other opinions mm-hmm. and just generally respect the rights of others. I can see how that could be sometimes seen as aggressive. I guess that that would be, you know, uh, that that's a pretty confident person that's assertive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, you mentioned that they use I statement. I mean, what is an I statement? Basically just a statement that begins with the word I. <laughs> tells another person, you know, how you're feeling and it's clear, constructive and 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 an empowering way. And what makes those important? Why use those? I think it just helps the conversation to be more constructive. It's going to be, you know, less blaming. It's not going to feel like you're blaming or pointing the finger at someone. Um, the conversation just going to be a little bit more easy. It's going to flow a little bit easier. And it shows that they're willing to take, you're, you're willing to take responsibility for your own feelings, your own actions. Yeah, I like that. And if both people use I statements, that would probably make the conversation pretty positive and a great way to kind of work through a problem. Mm-hmm. It's like in therapy, you know, the I statement, when you blank, I feel blank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the action and then the feeling behind it, very easy way to kind of identify a problem and then what the feeling is. And I mm-hmm. think that's where it, the importance of I statements is it really kind of translates the, you know, gets you in a place where you understand where the person's coming from and from a feeling standpoint. Right. I really liked the information we found about the, just like the five steps to creating an I statement. Like number mm-hmm. one, just ad- identify your feelings. I think that's something not all of us really know how to do. We sometimes no. don't even know how we feel. So if we stop right there before we start, con- you know, conflicting with another person, that would be good. If we know exactly how we feel, then describe mm-hmm. the behavior. So I feel this way, describe the behavior and then talk about how a person's behavior affects you. I think it's important. They know what it does to the relationship instead of just, you're so stupid or you're so dumb, or it's like, I feel this way. Here's what you did. You know, here's the behavior that's bothering me. And I like, you know, it's not about you. This is bothersome to me. And then be empathetic, you know, I'm, uh, stay assertive, but be empathetic to know what it's like to be hearing this because it's pretty a vulnerable place. It's a vulnerable place to use the I statement. It's probably a vulnerable place to be receiving it. It's like you're hearing somebody from a really different kind of way. So to improve my relationships, if I give you a you statement, can you help me turn it into an I statement? I can certainly try. Okay. (laughs) So you never listen to me. 
And I'm not telling you that you don't. I'm just asking you to help me turn that into a better way to say it. <laughs> it could look something like I feel lonely and unimportant because when we talk, I worry that you're not really listening or you're not understanding or the conversation isn't flowing. Um, something like that. See, that sounds less like less blamey to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, this is my problem. And here I want you to help me with it. Kind of. Yeah. Um, let's see, whatever. Um, I like, think anytime you come from a place of feeling it just, it's almost like it triggers a different part of the brain, like in the response that you receive, um, because it's hard to, unless you're just a really aggressive person, it's hard to be aggressive or be, you know, create a conflict when somebody comes from a, you know, an I feel situation mm -hmm. or statement. Yeah. Now I assume that I statements can be misused. I imagine that there are some people that w can say them in a, in a way that are like, uh, I feel like you're, I think you're rude. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. that you're wrong. I feel like you're rude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's important to say that I statements are not going to be finger pointing. They're not going to be pointing out somebody else's behavior, but it's, it's how you feel about a behavior that's happening around you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it's, 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 it's initiating a conversation, not shutting one down. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So if I'm in a relationship with someone who doesn't use I statements and I want to start using them, how can I help somebody learn how to use an I statement? Um, I think just practicing them yourself, um, kind of leading by example. Um, I also think it's a great opportunity to start a conversation when you, you know, get some kind of education, like listening to this episode and kind of learning these things. It's a great way to kind of start a conversation around, hey, this is something that I learned today. And this is something that I think would be useful. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's really important in relationships, especially when you have a lot of conflict to have these conversations when you're not in the midst of the conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people feel like, well, if I have a conversation when we're not fighting, it's going to lead to a fight, but uh -huh. that's not always the case. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, just, just learning to practice them, being consistent with them, um, really kind of tuning into your feelings and, and emotions. And like you said earlier, a lot of times we don't take the time to actually think about what we're feeling or to identify what the emotion is. We just know we're feeling something and it's triggered something inside of us that's kicking up this resentment or, you know, some some kind of feeling that's not great. Mm -hmm. And so if we just act on that, then a lot of times our communication is not going to be clear. It's not going to be, you know, concise. It's going to be muddy. And so, mm -hmm. again, just, just practicing them and um, getting to a place where you can have a conversation around them if possible. Right. I think so much is resolved when we apologize, you know, I mean, like if somebody tells us that, that, that we did something that hurt their feelings, some, I know I sometimes want to defend myself and tell you why I did it, you know, like, oh, well, I didn't mm -hmm. mean to bother. I, this is why I did it. Instead of just saying, I'm so sorry, you know, I'm sorry that I did mm -hmm. that. I understand how that feels. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do it differently next time that could cut down on so much. Definitely. And just, you know, again, the dialogue, I would say, w with any of these communication styles is just being able to have a conversation around it. Like, you know, I've, I was in a relationship with someone who was very, very direct, very, very blunt, 
almost aggressive, sometimes aggressive. And, you know, we, we had many conversations around like how you're saying that really is hurting my feelings or, you know, it's not translating well. So, you know, when you're open to those conversations, then it's a little bit easier. I worked for a lady who was very aggressive in her, the way that she would have conversations. And that was really difficult for me because that was a situation where I really couldn't say, Hey, you know, I don't like the way you're talking to me. That is hard whenever it's somebody like your supervisor, because they do have some power over you and your livelihood. So to say, I feel hurt when you do this, I feel, yeah. Yeah. And if you're talking about someone in the helping profession, it's even more sad. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. This was back in my corporate days. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. (laughs) Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, I know that um, it's, not easy. I mean, of course, we probably don't just use one of these communication styles. I'd say probably depending on who we're communicating with, we Mm -hmm. may kind of pass between all of them. And I'm sure each of them have their own benefit, you know, when we're using them, but we can all work to develop more assertive communication skills and styles you can do it in a way that's not aggressive. I think that's the most important part is kind of thinking through, taking the time to think through these scenarios and think through like what the response may be instead of just blurting it out there and just seeing what you get back. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I talk about in group a lot when we talk about communication is, you know, making sure that you, you practice like it being a good time and a good place and, that um, you look at body language and that you, you know, a couple of different things that you want to pay attention to when you're communicating with someone to make sure that they're going to be open to whatever it is that you're discussing Mm -hmm. and you're going to get the best possible response rather than just kind of like, you know, throwing something at someone right when they walk in the door. That's obviously not a great time to, you know, have a serious conversation. So just paying attention to things like that. Yeah. I love the idea of like, if somebody's in counseling, I, when someone was in group, I, they used to say like, oh gosh, this, this is really good. But now how can I get my family or how can I get my, the people who aren't here to do this? And I always would say like, it, it, it might sound manipulative, but to say, I learned this, co- the coolest thing in my group tonight. What do you think mm-hmm. about this? And just sharing it or, Hey, I listened to a podcast here. Listen to this. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, I don't think it is, isn't manipulative. It's just a non aggressive way of sharing new information with somebody. I mean, instead of just coming home and saying, I found out today you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I found out something for for us, for me, for, you know, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And if you've got someone as invested as you are in the betterment of your relationship, then they'll, they'll be probably more open to it. Right. But I, I, I tell clients all the time, blame me, you know, when we're talking yeah. about topics that are, you know, if it's a group topic or if in an individual session, if we're working, if I'm working with an individual that's struggling with something like this, you know, if we, we talk about like a resolution and some way to kind of resolve it or to possibly, you know, handle it differently than I tell them. I'm like, blame me. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, the, the people in our lives kind of, you know, especially our spouses want to know kind of what we're talking about or what's going on. And maybe they don't ask or they don't think they can ask. So I always tell people like, just, you know, put the information out there. So that way it's not even a, a question of can I or should I just 
use it, use this as a way to kind of open the door for that conversation. Exactly. I like that. And they will never even know you. Sometimes they'll just hear about you. Right. You're and I always tell them like, if they call me and tell, tell me that you told them it's all your fault, <laughs> I'm not going to support that. But <laughs> That's not what you tell them. <laughs> Well, I think any of these things that we talk about, if we want to change, it takes some time. It takes time to change how we behave, how we respond, because when you've been doing something the same way for years, it, it takes time to learn new ways. And then you have to practice new ways, the new healthier ones, but you keep doing them over and over. And then the healthier way becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. So you'll just, you know, just keep increasing your self-awareness, keep making the changes that you need. And over time, your thoughts, your feelings, your behavior, it all becomes healthier. Yeah. I think it was interesting that it, you know, it talked about, you know, which communication style would be the one that you would want to work towards and, and assertive communication was the, you know, the top of the list because it said that that's basically what's going to lead to, you know, the most respectful conversations um, and long-term relationships when you're more assertive and, you know, just is kind of the style that you should strive for. Mm-hmm. And I liked the uh, list it gave for how to do that. If you want to develop a more assertive communication style, number one, take ownership mm -hmm. and be responsible. And one way you can do that is by using I statements. Maintain eye contact when you're talking. I mean, don't be intimidating with it. You have to look away once in a while, but eye contact is important. It, it does in, open a vulnerability there that's missing in intimacy if you if you aren't able to look one another in the eyes and learn how to say no you know don't do or agree to things that you don't want to do and you can't mm -hmm. do and then voice your needs and and your desires confidently if you just have to start with saying i think i would like to have a chinese tonight whatever you you can just in little ways try to learn and and voice the more assertive way of of how you're feeling and what you're wanting right and i think what you said as far as it you know taking time these are things that we've learned over our lifetimes and so it does take time to kind of make changes and to you know get to a place where you're practicing these consistently but that is what ultimately is going to lead to the change is just being consistent like any other thing that we're trying to change in our life consistency is the key just continue increasing your self-awareness, make changes whenever they're needed. It will, over time, then change your thoughts, your feelings, and your behavior, and you'll become a healthier person. That is the truth. Just just to recap, like I, I think one of the most important things that we've talked about is kind of tuning into your feelings and paying attention to where what your intentions are, where you want the conversation to go being a little bit fluid in how it goes, being willing to compromise, um, but ultimately, you know, coming from a place of I and, you know, I feel this, I think is going to get the, the best response. Completely. Well, this has been great information and hopefully everyone has learned a little bit about their own communication styles. And as always, don't forget that knowledge leads to life lived better. Thank you for listening to Life Lived Better with Paula and Joseph. 